0: What's up? What's happening? It's K-Mac here again. Bring another edition of the K-Mac show right here on Anchor App, Apple Podcasts, uh, and Google Play, and all your podcasts and providers. Um, what a wild, wild weekend it really was. I, I really, really enjoyed this week of football. I mean, this, this is like the apex of the NFL season uh, and college football. It's like they come together and they morph into one for the best football weekend, probably the whole year. You know, if you're a fan of the NFL, you're a fan of the college football. It was really a, a match me in heaven this weekend. It was unbelievable. Um, and I guess let's start with the college football playoff. It was a massacre. I mean, they. I really feel like Clemson had the right game plan. They had the right, you know, they, they caught lightning in a bottle this game you know, I have the pick six early and they, and they just, you know, Bama comes back and they missed the extra point And, you know, I, I just didn't feel like Alabama really had any real control of that football game. And they really had a poor effort on defense. And I mean, Trevor uh, Lawrence was unbelievable, you know, and um, the running back scored three touchdowns and, it's funny at halftime. I missed the whole Imagine Dragons "Little Wayne" thing, which I was really funny, and I, I missed it because I was asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep at halftime, so you know, not a uh, not big J journalism right there. <laughs> but it was um, an interesting, interesting concept. You have the one versus two, and it's just interesting the fact that the one has never won the college football playoff. Interesting. Very interesting. Number one seed is never one. Very interesting. Interesting stuff. <laughs> and Bama. I feel I feel really bad for them. Oh boy. When I'm going to all these championship games and winning most of them. They fall to the Clemson Tigers. And what does that mean? I mean it's just these two dominant programs. Um that have played in, I believe it was four national championship games uh, against each other in recent years, and they're two and two now. Um, it was a great start to the game. It was a weird game. It was like the first quarter and a half was just like this is going to be a classic game, and then all of a sudden, that big touchdown ripped off right before the half, where Lawrence hit that, you know, the wide receiver, and he goes down the field, towards a touchdown. I mean, I, I'm just and it's just like there, boom, game over, and that was the game, game over, done, Bama had no answer in the second half, and they didn't even score any points, I bet, bet Hurts wanted to get in there so bad, Jalen Hurts, but um, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be, and uh, you know, Tua didn't have the greatest game in the world, but he ended up losing the game. But just, yeah. I don't know. That big interception early, the pick six, and that one really awful overthrow and the safety picked him off, which led to another Clemson score. Um, I just, you yeah, He just didn't really play that well. But Toya. They're gonna have another crack at it next year, probably. Probably gonna be in the top four again next year, and you know, don't feel too bad for them. <laughs> don't feel bad for the Crimson Tide ever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Clemson Tigers are the 2018 national champions. Congratulations to them. Dabo Sweeney did a great job with this team, and you know, big one for the ACC. So dominant very dominant. So, like I said, it was a big, big weekend. Oh, before I even get into that, by the way, I'm using my Beats instead of me just speaking into my, um, you know, my uh, my phone. So, it's going to sound a little different than normal. I'd hope. <laughs> it's going sound a little different, but um, the improved audio, I think, is definitely worth it. And, You know, it's going to be um, something I'm going to try to move forward with and, you know, try to provide the best possible podcast with the best possible audio. So using my Beats headphones. So that's why it sounds a little different. (laughs) But let's go into this week end of football. Like, you know, the Saturday and Sunday portion of it. And I was really, really excited because I feel like I'm the king on top of the throne I picked all four games and I got them all right, so if you betted with kmac except with that two and a half on Dallas, um <laughs> you were most likely right <laughs> i didn't I didn't bet against I didn't like pick against the spread, so I just said it was going to win. I think I'm gonna move that forward even more this week just because it's such a crap shoot I don't really feel like going up against the spread right now, especially I'm not putting any money up it, it doesn't make sense to me to go up against the spread um but I was 4 for 4 like a Wendy's meal deal, baby. And I bet correctly, Just I just felt really good about it. You know, felt good about these games. And it's good to predict something and for it to come to fruition. My picks this year weren't that great, obviously, in this wild, wild NFL season. But for one weekend, I was perfect. 4-4-4. Four, four, four. Awesome. I guess we have to start out with the first game of the postseason, which was Indy- In Houston, um, I I felt really good about this one. Andrew Luck, coming back, red, I should say white-hot Indianapolis Colts. You see what I did there because they were white jerseys and stuff like that for that game? Yeah, so white-hot heading into that game. Their defense was playing on another level, and they held Deshaun Watson down for three-quarters of the game. And, you know, there was not one point in that game that I felt like the Houston Texans were going to win that game. (laughs) Not one. (laughs) scored t- uh luck scores a touchdown the first drive and a six yard touchdown pass to Ebron and you know I, I just Deshaun Watson didn't have the greatest game in the world. He didn't lose it for him, but I just not enough. Not enough because it's a team game and the, the defense didn't play all that well either and you know when you're down twenty one nothing at halftime and lose a game twenty one to seven you you just didn't have a good game altogether as a collective unit. And uh the Texans Are becoming these choke artists in the playoffs? I I I can't believe it. You know they, yeah, they have one win in JJ Watt's tenure there, but it was against uh, Connor Cook, third string quarterback for the Raiders when um, Derek Carr broke his ankle, and the backup got hurt, and Connor Cook came in and he played horrendous, and then they had Brock Osweiler on the other side, so you better win that playoff game, man. You better. So, um, yeah, that, that was, um, it, it's becoming a theme for the Houston Texans just not to perform in the, the biggest, you know, when the lights are the brightest. playoff win didn't mean anything a couple of years back. I think that was in 2015, right? 2015 playoffs when that happened. Um, you know, and I just, Deshaun Watson getting hurt the last year and coming back and, you just, I don't know, just didn't look that great to me. You know, it just didn't look, great, did you know, just didn't look um, overly fantastic until the game didn't matter anymore. And when the game doesn't matter anymore, you're basically playing for nothing. I mean, it was a touchdown there, but you knew Indy had that game on lock. You know, in the end, and then they control the ball and win the game, twenty-one to seven. So um, that was a good win by uh, the Colts there, and. You know, I I picked the game just because I thought, look, has more experience in the playoffs, playing a couple title games. And, you know, they're they're white hot right now going into Houston, which they historically have not been that great in the postseason. So that was one of my one-for-one. And then the nightcap game, as we're going to move forward here, switch gears, head to Big D in Dallas, as the Dallas Cowboys took down the Seattle Seahawks. Um, This game... Really, to me, it, it just came down to who was going to perform better in the final quarter, and I felt like Dak Prescott did enough to win, and and um, the Cowboys came up on top. Uh, I just, just with the matchups, you know, I just felt like Dallas matched up better against the Houston Texans. more people, oh, I say Houston Texans. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys matched up well against the Seattle Seahawks. Too good for me not to take them. And a lot of people were saying, Seattle's going to win this game, tough first-round matchup. I'm like, no, Dallas is going to win the game. And I was right. Because if you look at it, the Texans' offensive line is horrendous. 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 I mean, they're, they're terrible. I mean, over 60 times, Deshaun w- oh, God. Oh. I keep mixing up the Houston Texans room, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's a mental block there. My apologies. But, but, <laughs> I'm at the Seattle Seahawks offensive line. It's not been good since they got rid of Max Unger. And, um, I don't know, just not a great football game by them. You know, not overly fantastic. Doug Baldwin came to play, though. I really felt like Doug Baldwin made some unbelievable catches to really keep the Seahawks in this football game. And, uh, you know, Zeke really controlled the ball deck with a clutch clutch third down play in the final, you know, three minutes of the game and dives over close to the end zone. And then they punch it in with Zeke. You know, that's that's the, that's the type of football that, that wins your championships. Good defense and being able to pull out games at the end. Um, you know, I was really happy for Dak and the Dallas Cowboys as they do get a postseason victory at home. And they will travel to New Orleans next week, which uh, should be a very interesting game. That should be a very interesting game. Did I also mess up the matchup? Yes, I did, because it's the Los Angeles Rams that's going to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Solid. This is a solid, solid, solid start here, man. <laughs> you know, I'm in Florida right now. You know, I'm in my hotel room, just relaxing. I have the new beats on my head and really trying to make the best podcast possible for you guys. And a lot of distractions here, man. I'm, I'm out of the, the, um, the freezer known as New York. And I'm in sun paradise. Gonna, you know, hit some balls off the, uh, the tee in a little bit. I'll play a little golf. So, you know, if you follow me on Snapchat, that's what I'm going to be doing. Follow me on Instagram. I'm probably going to take pictures and put them on there. Have cruise tomorrow. So. I uh, want to get a podcast in. So, a little bit of a distractions. I don't know why I'm messing I'm up all the matchups and stuff, but, you know, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to, man. You know, I'm not trying to. <laughs> and it's not like I don't know what I'm talking about either. It's just that, man, I'm, I'm just totally discombobulated. So, my apologies as the Dallas Cowboys will head to L.A. to take on the Rams. But in a very, very cool matchup, now, that has a matchup to be a, a really good game, and I'll give a preview for that. As the week goes on, Uh, on Sunday, uh, the games as we're switching gears again, you know, going to the Sunday games, you know, right after my two for two Saturday, baby, you know, the Sunday games were another good day for Kane and Mac and Kyle. Um, As the Chargers rolled into Baltimore and they beat him up a little bit, Lamar Jackson just didn't look good. You know, he wasn't making a lot of good quality throws out there. I really felt like he was very inaccurate and just didn't have his A game. And when you don't have your A game, you really have to run the ball well. And I just didn't feel like this college style offense was going to work in the postseason. And you know the reports coming out today that the Chargers knew sixty to seventy percent of their plays, I and mean, that's ridiculous. That that's too much for the margin right there. And um, it really limits your offense when you have a guy who can't really throw the ball that accurately. And uh, it comes down to, um, you know, as the Ravens go into the off season, is this sustainable? And I believe it's not. It's not a sustainable type of offense. And, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, to me, is not a franchise quarterback. He's a guy that can lead you to the postseason, but he's also a guy that, you know, will rear his ugly head as he goes on. You know what I mean? Like, his flaws will be, um, you know, become huge weaknesses to your team. And and I feel like uh, it's a great offense when you're running the ball and, you know, you score early, but it's a terrible one when your defense gets off to a bad start and you're not 14 nothing and you have to come back. It's not that type of offense that you can really come from behind. You know, I, I firmly believe that. So, uh, and this also affects another team which, uh, oh, Antonio Brown, he's a good trade from Steelers. If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm keeping Antonio Brown, I'm keeping the band together, man. Because you know what? They're really just a player or two away from winning that division. If Lamar Jackson and if people start to really, really, um, really break down this offense and being able to set up your defense against this and John Harbour doesn't do enough to really um, change it up next season, I feel like Lamar Jackson is is kind of screwed. And the Ravens are kind of screwed. So who does that leave? The Cleveland Browns? Can, can the Browns go up and take that division? Or the Pittsburgh Steelers? I, I have more faith in Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers than I do in the Browns right now. Of course, things can change as things go on. But, you know, it, it just doesn't affect one team. I think it affects that whole division, watching that football game on uh, on Sunday. Um, but, yeah. Charges 3-for-3. Three what three. was the 4-for-4 four four game? It was the Philadelphia Eagles. I picked the Eagles to win this game. Um, pretty handily, but it didn't really come down to that. <laughs> As, um, you know, th- this game really came down the leg of Cody Parkey, and he hit it off the upright not once but twice. Unbelievable game, man. And the game, you know, the team I cover for Philly, Philly's finest sports news. Follow the blog. I post it all the time on my, my Twitter. And it's uh, they have their own Twitter. If you want to give them a follow, that'd be awesome as I'm a contributor over there. Um and yeah, I'm just very, very excited. You know, writing about a team that, that's really uh really taking shape here. You know, they're they're really um something special with Nick Foles and he didn't have his best game through two big interceptions there, but they were able to hold on and when because of the uh, the icing of the kicker there, and Cody Parkey not missing the upright, you know hitting the upright not once but twice, and it was just off the defender's fingertip, deflected the ball a little bit, hooked it to the left, and still almost went through remarkably, but uh, it just wasn't meant to be for the Chicago Bears this year. Uh, Mitch played pretty good, I guess. Uh, he played okay. You know, nothing crazy, nothing that jumps out at you that he had this tremendous game or something, but uh, he he played okay, and okay in the playoffs is not good, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, just playing okay and mediocre is not good enough in the NFL, especially when it comes down to the postseason. It's just not. Unless you have an elite team around you or you match up the right way, like maybe Dak Prescott's game against the Seattle Seahawks where the, their matchups are so great that you can get away with beating mediocre as the quarterback. But when you don't have that type of matchups, you're like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, and you're like in this case Mitch Trubisky for the Chicago Bears. And I just I feel like they're a year away. They just got to keep building that team. And this is the risk you take when you get you know, Khalil Mack and everything like that. When you get a guy with Khalil Mack and give up the haul that they did to get him, you really limit yourself in the draft. And um, you know, the next two years, they don't have their first-round draft pick. It's kind of a problem if you want to keep building this team with young talent. So maybe um, it wasn't as great as a trade as people thought that it was in the beginning of the year. The Raiders are losing Khalil Mack. But they're adding more younger players, the ones that John Gruden wants to put in there. So you can't really judge the body of work just yet on this trade that, oh, man, the Bears are getting clear. Mack, what an idiot. Until these draft picks are made and we see what those draft picks are. And the first one's going to be in April. With, you know, of course, having a top three pick in the draft also. We'll definitely see what's going on over there. Oh, I'm sorry, top four pick in the draft. I think they're drafting fourth. I believe they're drafting fourth because you had the the Cardinals with the first overall pick. I believe the 49ers are second, the Jets are third, Oakland's fourth. So we'll see what they get in that fourth pick. Of course, uh, you know, I don't think the quarterback is uh, class is going to be that strong to you know, justify using that in the fourth overall pick. So I think if John Gruden really wants to move away from Derek Carr, it'll be for um, the next year's draft, not this upcoming draft. Uh, You know, maybe Lawrence, maybe Tua, maybe that kid from uh, Oregon that decided to skip it, uh, Hubert. Um, And we'll see. We'll definitely see what's going on with that. As the months go on towards the draft. So, also, I did promise a preview, uh, well, really a reaction to the seasons of our New York football teams and uh, just craziness going on, of course, with this trip and everything like that. Um, I'm now able to really reflect on these uh, two New York squads that this uh, just disappointing years with both of them. Uh, let's start out with uh, the New York football giants because I really feel like there's a lot. A lot of issues with that team, but it's really simple to fix it. but also, I just they're a weird team, and it's really hard to explain. <laughs> the thing is the quarterback isn't bad, right The quarterback isn't bad he he's mediocre at best, right You have an all pro running back, you have an all pro receiver. And he had a couple real good supporting receivers as well. I mean, you also have Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepherd to throw the ball to. So there's, there's so much talent on this football team. The quarterback's getting up there in age. You're doing everything that's around him with talent. And with that being said, they have, like Pittsburgh has, I mean, they have Antonio Brown, and they have a great offensive line, and they have a really good back. I should really say two of those three things. The offensive line is just not good enough to sustain any sort of success running the football. Plus, I have a huge problem with Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer and the offensive coordinator did a terrible job for the New York football giants this year. I mean, you look at it. How could you not build your offense and use – Saquon Barkley as the primary piece of that offense, the same way the Dallas Cowboys cover up some of Dak's mistakes and cover up Dak's um, inabilities by running the football, no matter what. You know, the Dallas Cowboys' offensive line is not that great. They're not. They're not the Dallas Cowboys' offensive line from 2015 when they're 14 and 2, I'm sorry, 13 and 3 they have a first-round buy in the playoffs. They're not that good. They're not as good as they used to be. They're a mid-tier offensive line. Now, nah. Kyle Collins is not that great of, of, of a lineman, in my opinion. Um, Tom Smith missing a couple blocks there. You even saw in that playoff game they couldn't really uh, communicate well with um, his offensive guard, which I think is Collins. And... Um, You know, Dak with a pretty good uh, sack there. (laughs) And I just feel like no matter what, there could be eight guys stacked in the box that's still going to run the football. That's their go-to first and second down. Zeke is going to be the guy. And I feel like like the Giants just start doing that (laughs) immediately. I don't like the fact that they don't, Center their offense on their best player. Oh, but what about Odell? Isn't that their best player? No. Saquon Barkley now. And get used to it. Give him the rock. Odell will get his. But that's going to come more of a play-action type, you know, play. It's going to be his big time, big play. Saquon Barkley needs to get the ball. He needs to eat. The same way that Ezekiel is eating right now. And I know everybody wants to make fun of the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody wants to make fun of the NFC East. But both the teams got wins on wildcard weekend. And both are moving on to face the one and two seeds in the NFC. That's happening. And you want to come and tell me that, that oh, man... You know, Dak's not that good or other stuff, and he's inaccurate. Yeah, he has some flaws to him, but they cover it up well. Jason Garrett covers it up well, or Pat Shermer does not cover up Eli. Because if you look at their stats, what's so different about Dak Prescott and Eli Manning besides the fact that Dak can run a little bit? If you look at their passing statistics, they're basically the same, just slightly over 20 yards, uh, well, just slightly over 20 touchdowns, 10, 11, 12 interceptions. What's the difference in terms of throwing the ball? The Giants need to be able to say to themselves, we're going to center our offense on Saquon Barkley. And if he just can't do it, then obviously he's not a workhorse running back. You know, he's not a guy that's like Ezekiel Elliott. And Ezekiel Elliott will be, in my opinion, and he's already the most valuable running back in the league. I think he's the best running back in football. Is because of that reason. They stacked eight, nine guys in the box, and then they're still going to run the football. The New York Giants, what they have to do is really come up with some good offensive schemes to center their offense around him instead of Eli Manning. Because Eli Manning is not tossing the ball 40 times a game, and you can't expect to win. And that defense is horrific. So goals with the offseason, please center your offense on Saquon Barkley. And two, got to do something. I think the guy drafted an offensive lineman. Because the only name is going to be the quarterback next year. <laughs> Who else is better than him? Oh, man, we need to get a quarterback who's going to, yet again, get murdered by a bunch of people. Unless you're going to get a guy that can really run around. And I know that uh, Haskins is going to be there probably when they pick six. But at the same time, you don't want what's going on in Baltimore to happen to you as well. Or you become a Kyle style offense and you really can't sustain it. So you're going to go two to three years with Hawkins at your quarterback, waste another couple of years of Saquon's prime, and for what? You know what I mean? Like, for what? You'll lose it. You're going to go 9 7. the player's like, once again knocked down in the first round. You want to have success long term. I think you go with Eli, try to win again. If you're not that good, you take either two or Lawrence in the draft. That's what I think they should do. And that's for the betterment of their franchise, not just for, you know, two years from now, but for the next 10. 12 years. That's their best bet for winning the Super Bowl again. I'm thinking about winning Super Bowls. I'm not not thinking about just being okay in the postseason. You know what I mean? So, let's talk about the green and white. And it's a lot more positive for the Jets. Firing Todd Bowles. Big. Big. Because he really ran this team into the ground. And he would just never maximize anybody's potential and really limited, I think, Sam Donald. I really feel that way. And um, I'm just not thrilled with him. I'm not thrilled with a lot of other people you know, in that Chet locker room, you know, especially the coaching staff. So they, they did win one thing. They got rid of top holes. They cannot have Jeremy Bates back. <laughs> he needs to go. And if they're not a winner next year, I'm sorry. Mike McCagney, you'll be gone too. You need to make the right decisions for this franchise, and I really think the first thing is getting the right guy as a head coach. And I think Kling, you know, Kingsbury would be a nice pick. Nice pickup for the Jets. A young offensive guy that can really, really develop Sam Darnold. And I like the idea of that. He's a nice, young head coach who can really come in and win. But also on the other side, you have a guy like Mark McCarthy, who's a proven winner. It's a tough call. It's a coin flip. If in a perfect world, I'm going to take McCarthy. Because I just saw what happened when you get a capable head coach in there that's, you know, proven to win, you know, and that's Barry Trotz with the New York Islanders. They won nine of 10, six in a row. They have another game tonight, which I can't wait to watch here in Florida with my grandfather, who's from Long Island as well. Um, but I just, I just see the difference and seeing these guys getting their abilities maximized and playing as a cohesive team. I felt like with Todd Bowles, he's like, I'm going to focus on defense, that's it. Offense, just be with the offensive coaches. And I never really felt that team together. And I've seen some guys get rowdy and all this other stuff, but I just didn't see the same camaraderie between the entire unit. And football is the most team game out there. I feel like a guy like Kingsbury or a guy like McCarthy can really – Bring these guys together. And whoever you feel like, and I'm talking to you, Mike Mike McCagan, can really bring this team together as a cohesive unit, deserves to be the head coach in the New York Jets. And that's a decision that you have to make. If it fails, you're fired too. And that's the way it is. I think that there's more hope for the Jets moving forward just because they have that franchise quarterback. And I really felt like the Giants dropped the ball. Not just with taking Saquon, but it's like if you knew that he was going to be done and cooked and be done, I know that a certain Kirk Cousins is getting a lot of slack there in Minnesota for choking at the end of the year, but you tell me if they had Kirk Cousins as a quarterback and they're not a 9-7 team, then they're just lying to yourself. So there would be a better football team right now with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback if that's the route that they wanted to go. But it's not all of you guys' fault. I still feel like they wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway, just because they need some sort of an offensive line. That's not gutting everybody, but really retooling it a little bit. You know what I mean? I feel like getting rid of all five stars like they did last year was stupid. They should have kept at least, at least, um, oh, my God, what's his name? Uh, He's hurt all the time. Anyway, they got rid of everybody. It was just not a very good uh, unit this year. They still want to make the playoffs no matter what. But I'm thinking hypothetically for a moment because no matter what Eli, Eli's done after this year. And I know that everybody's going to look at Haskins and be like, that's our guy. But uh, nobody was talking about him until he became the bell of the ball, right? Tell me. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on with that as the months go on and we make headway towards the NFL draft and, you know, the real NFL offseason. I'm excited to watch those games. And that's for the two New York teams, but I'm excited to watch these games here in the divisional round. Um, Of course, you got to look at, you know, the Patriots and the Chargers. You have... I apologize. The Chiefs taking on the Colts. And then, on, you know, in the NFC, you have the Eagles going to New Orleans and, you have the Cowboys in L.A. To take on the Rams. So I'll have full predictions for that in the next edition of the show, either Wednesday or Thursday, which day I get a little bit of time to do a show like I did today. I uh, thank you so much for listening. And please, subscri- like, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at KMX72. Until the next one, I hope the audio is good. I'm going to review it right now. hope that's great. Just so I can use it for the next one as well. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.